Yeah, I heard about it uh, about 12 hours too late. No. <laughs> oh, I what? went out and looked at it. Was it red? Was it cool? Yeah. Man. Yeah. I only looked about 30 seconds. I don't need any padlock. Yeah. You don't need to become possessed by the devil. Or whatever. No, or whatever, you know, the moon's going to do to you. Yeah, lunacy. It's just common sense, people. Yeah. Damn. Well, shall we intro this thing and talk about like some that movies? 2017 eclipse stayed right away from it. <laughs> <laughs> just good rules for living. Yeah, uh, we, we should record this. All right. Listeners, you are listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie. I almost kind of stumbled on that. Where we talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. And uh, first we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. Um, We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or iTunes. Hmm, No, Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally. Or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. And uh, we're not professional critics. We're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. <laughs> a little, uh, a little bit of a uh, delay, but uh, yeah, we're zooming it. Oh, is there? Uh, no, it wasn't bad. And Jolian. Hello. <laughs> I'll fix oh, all. Oh, great! I'm getting a robot voice. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. <clears throat> all right i'll just put a robot filter on all our voices and any new listeners will just be like hey there's this new podcast where these three robots talk about movies it's pretty cool they're so. like those creeps on youtube videos who do you know text to voice oh weird yeah i already you not like watched it. any of those some yeah. of them are too too bad but you can get all sorts of weird mispronunciations yeah. And uh, just that dead robot. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Tim Meadows did one where he ran uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech through uh, like uh, some Google thing. It was like 10 years ago. And it uh, it got a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty- oh, yeah. The, any, any words that we kind of mash together, like Maryland yeah. comes Mar- becomes Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the subtleties are lost on robots. Technically correct. So guys, re- recently watched. Who want Jolian, you want to start? Yeah, because we're celebrating Will. Yeah, we could talk about that too. Um 
Do you want to do recently watched? Yeah, let's do recently watched, and then we'll uh, give the listeners a a little bit of uh, a little bit of an update, a little bit of info that maybe they hadn't figured out from previous conversations. All right, uh, I I watched. Uh, we've been watching Sumo, um, but I did watch one movie um, called uh, Anatomy of a Horror, yeah. aka Deadline, hmm. which is a Canadian. Uh, horror movie from 1980. Um, so this is about a popular horror author named uh, Stephen Lessig, and he's he's given jit by everyone: uh, his, his family, his agents, his old school. Uh, his family's living in luxury off of him, but they just complain about him all the time because he's he's working. Hmm. Um, and this is all intercut with scenes from his stories, uh, presumably. Um, which are all uh, extravagantly bloody. Uh, there's, a, there's a shower of blood. There's someone being diced up by a snowplow. Uh, there's cannibal nuns, killer kids, killer fetus, Nazi new wave, uh, so-called punk band. If you can imagine a new wave punk band from Canada, 1980. Mm. Tough stuff. Uh, and so they've got makeup, they've got swastikas. Um, all on denim. <laughs> no, it's, it's all like uh, plastic. And, uh, and they, they do those, that thing where they'll, they'll uh, see the camera and then they'll do like a, a bug-eyed pose into the camera because they're scary, Neji. Uh. Um, very entertaining <laughs> band, anyway. Uh so, uh, uh, so this writer's son, see, uh, uh, they watch one of his movies and uh, they decide to reenact a scene from one of his movies and they end up hanging his daughter. Um, so it's got a message about uh, horror and uh, I'm, I'm afraid it takes itself very seriously. Um, there's a bottle of J&B in it, mm. in true Jello style. Excellent. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it, um, this is a film by Mario Azapardi. Um, I thought it was kind of weird because it's got these two tones of, like, uh, um, it has these really trashy, uh, gory horror scenes and then this domestic drama soap stuff going on hmm. um, and making serious statements. So, uh, yeah, um it was it was it was a little diverting. So what was the band right. was the band better or worse than the band in New Year's Evil? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think they'd make a good uh, festival together. Yeah. <laughs> Any Canadian so-called punk rock bands from 1980. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when uh, a bunch of. Uh, high school kids would dress up as quote unquote punks mm -hmm. for a Halloween party or something. Yeah. Just put on a bit of makeup, cut the sleeves off some shirts, put some safety pins yeah. on them. Lots of black plastic. Mm hmm. Yeah. Real punk. Like, Lo <laughs> like London, 1977 all over again. Oh yeah. Indiscernible. <laughs> yeah. Complete uh, rebellion. Against the system. 
Yeah, movie punks. I love movie punks. Was that uh, was that it for recently watched, or you got more? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, you've been busy. Uh, Will, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, I've been watching lots of terrible things. Hmm. Um, see if I can name one of them. Uh, well, um, when I first got out of the hospital, I watched, uh, uh, the brain that would not die because it was the only transplant film I had transplant horror film. I had, um, handy. Um, it's a fantastic movie. If you've not seen it, 1958 starring nobody, you know, (laughs) Uh, although I do believe the monster went on to something later. Uh, basically, this caddish doctor uh, crashes his car and kills his fiance, but he saves her head, puts it in a pan of juice, and uh, she lives because he's working on transplanting organs. Uh, which they hadn't perfected at the time. Uh, although I don't know when they really started transplants. Um, anyway, uh, there's also a monster locked in a closet uh, that the lady develops a psychic relationship with. Mm-hmm. And then he, the, meanwhile, the doctor's going out trying to pick up girls, somebody he can use their body for and he's uh he's pretty despicable the whole time <laughs> yeah, i don't he really goes know. straight for the strippers yeah he goes straight for the strippers but he doesn't want to be seen with anyone he's smart enough to know they'll come looking for her um he eventually goes and sees some woman that he uh he knew from his past who unfortunately had this big scar on her cheek um, she's now a nude model for camera clubs and, uh, he tells, she's like, I'll never trust anyone again. You him a past boyfriend scarred her. Um, and the doctor just flat out tells her, Oh, you can trust me. And you know, he, he's got nothing good planned for her. It's awful. <laughs> uh, I don't know who you're supposed to root for in this movie. There's no, I mean, I suppose the girlfriend in the pan, but you know, she can't get out of that. She's just ahead now. And yes. she's kind of crazy for good reason. Um, there's the despicable assistant doctor who himself has been experimented on. And then there's a monster in the closet. Uh, yeah, and it tears off the assistant's arm, and he thrashes around for about 10 minutes, walking all over the lab, leaving blood. He must, <laughs> he must run the poor stump of his shoulder into the wall about 15 times. Oh, man. It's awful. Um, and then uh, the doctor comes home, and with the girl, uh, the model, and then uh, I think the monster burst out, kills him, and uh, saves the girl, uh, the model, and lets the uh, head in the pan, Jan in the pan, burn up. The end. Mm. 
you assume the monster and the model got married uh-huh. probably you know it didn't work out i'm sure they're from different worlds um yeah well did good fun yes i enjoy that one i've watched it numerous times and it's <laughs> it's just the right mix of like despicable behavior and and out and out goofiness to to, to counterbalance one another <laughs> i'd like to see cronenberg remake it oh it's basically reanimator without anyone talented being involved yeah that's true i didn't think about that but yeah it is basically reanimator without any talent oh boy um yeah, then you, i as i was telling go ahead oh uh, you have to kind of think about like you have eyes without a face and reanimator and then that gem you know like <laughs> yes i kept comparing it to eyes without a face yeah. and uh I was hard pressed to decide which one was better. <laughs> it's a tough decision. Um, then I watched. Uh, I watched one as I think I mentioned to both of you uh, in off the air various circumstances. But I watched a '80s martial arts film called Honor and Pride. Hmm. Um, not quite a lost empire but a pretty close approximation of a entertaining bad movie. It's uh, it's ridiculous from the beginning to the end. Um, it's got the right mix of incompetence and sort of idiosyncratic storytelling. Uh, it is basically the story of uh, two sisters, one who's an FBI agent and the other who's a... Uh, a local television reporter and uh, you follow mostly the television reporter. It feels like the FBI sister was kind of tacked on maybe so they could have an end to the FBI. Who knows? There's nothing sensible with a lot of the writing of this thing. Um, The main villain looks like Michael Scott from the office. Um, (laughs) It's yeah. yeah, uh, The agent's played by Cynthia Rothrock, right? Yes, the agent is played by Cynthia the Rothrock, but she's not really in the movie t- terribly much. She gets a higher billing, but it mostly follows the <clears throat> news reporter's sister. <clears throat> um, fights break out in this movie all the time. Within just minutes of people meeting one another, it's usually going to break out into a fight. Um, the reporter is doing some news broadcast from a parking lot about something or other and a lady walks up behind her and starts yelling at her heckling her and then a kickboxing fight breaks out um yeah uh that just continually happens uh you know people will meet and then they'll break out into a fight people who you wouldn't think would be martial artists you know the very first scene is a uh, in an office and it looks like just two office workers decide to break out into a fight in the copy room. Uh, you know. well, uh, Richard's from Ireland. I mean, none of this is unusual to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, you make me think of Jim Cotta and uh, how unfortunate it is that nobody was a gymnast in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it would have been better. Um, there is a little bit of sort of gymnastic-like uh martial arts i'd say um 
It's got about 11 too many characters. Uh, it i mean it just keeps introducing people and they're all tied together in a way but it just seems like really amateurish writing like they couldn't think of what to do for most of the time with the care with the the characters they already set up so they'll throw in someone new we follow this pimp that's working for the evil banker in some capacity i'm not really sure other than the evil banker's evil and he'd have his finger in all the pies um but we follow him around for a long time and it goes nowhere uh just but i don't know amusing people talk you know in that way that in bad movies you like nobody talks like that these people even had a conversation before <laughs> um yeah. So again, not quite a lost empire, but if you come across it on some streaming service, I'm sure it's out there. Uh, check it out. <clears throat> um, what else have I watched? I've watched a lot of crap, uh, <laughs> including uh, tonight's movie. Yeah. A very good pick. So was that it for your recently watched? Sure. I think of others. Okay. I've watched so many things. I'm not going to be able to name all of them. So did you end up watching out some highlights here and there? Um, the, watching the, what? Uh, the one I mentioned, um, which I'll start with alpha. No, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Yeah. Alpha gateway. Um, so my recently watched includes that, uh, my brother was visiting and I was telling him about time-lapse and uh, he had not seen that one. That's the one where those roommates find find this camera that uh, takes pictures of the future. And uh, it's very much like... Mm, a, I don't know that one. Oh, it's very much like a Twilight Zone episode. Um, so we started watching that, and he fell asleep before it was over. So uh, I don't think he ever got to finish it. So he'll, he'll have to finish that on his own time. But uh, uh, he was telling me about Alpha Gateway. <clears throat> and uh so we started watching that the next night and uh this is a 2017 australian movie it's uh i guess you could call it sci-fi more than anything and it's kind of like a time travel movie in the sense that there is travel um but it's interdimensional travel rather than time travel so this woman is working at a um she's a particle physicist and she's working at this lab trying to complete this teleporting machine and uh she and her lab mate are uh, they're just um you know on the verge of a breakthrough uh the woman's husband dies in a traffic accident and uh pretty soon after that she's discovered that the teleporting machine the prototype that they're working on is actually sending objects to a parallel universe rather than transporting them I guess in a linear fashion from A to B it's going from A to other dimension A and back to this dimension. And, uh, I think they discovered because they, they try to send an apple and it comes back with a bite taken out of it. And then I think they pass a couple of notes and they're like, Holy crap, there is a parallel universe that we're communicating with. 
people in the other universe say, quit sending your crap over here. We have enough of our own. Yeah. <laughs> so, We're not your trash bin. Right. <laughs> Go well, and eat peanut butter. Yeah. 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 See, you see, an apple is merely. Yes, your apples suck. Yeah. A- apples are a delivery system to get peanut butter to your face. <laughs> They're good for little else. Anyway, uh, so this woman, and I don't want to spoil anything, but this woman does discover that uh, in this other dimension, her dead husband is actually alive. And that's all I can say about it because uh, hilarity does ensue from there. Is he evil? Um, you know what? Is in a mirror universe? Yeah, he's got a goatee. Does he I have was, a goatee? I was just going to say, all he was missing was a goatee. But, uh, or maybe he has a scar on one side of his face. Probably yeah. the right, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff about him that's not quite right. We'll just say that. Uh, so this one is really good. I like to recommend this to anyone who likes time travel and feels like they've seen it all. So there's this one. And of course, like I mentioned, time lapse. Um, this is, uh, uh, there's this painter and he's hanging out in the apartment and, um, there's an old, old guy who, uh, hasn't paid his rent and they find a, they go to check on him and they find a strange machine in his apartment that takes like Polaroids and it's, um, it's pictures of their, of their, uh, of their room's, uh, window. And it's about 24 hours in the future. So they figure out, um, how to use this to make money and make themselves benefit. And of course, um, nothing goes wrong. Everyone lives happily ever after. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they win the lottery no one gets a comeuppance no there's no monkey's paw no it's totally a monkey's paw story uh so that one is uh let's see a 2014 american film so if anyone hasn't seen that it's definitely worth a look uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up the imdb page and see if did it win anything significant uh lottery uh, well, yeah, it went in the future and it, it gave won it, the lottery. It gave itself several awards, apparently. Uh, the Thriller Chiller Film Festival, uh, best feature, won that one. Best feature at Portsmouth uh, International Film Festival. It got best feature at Atlanta Underground Film Festival. Best feature at Austin Otherworlds. Several others. I mean, it got a bunch. Uh, I mean, there's well over a dozen awards that I, that I got. So time-lapse, if anyone wants a time travel movie, this is a good one. Um, outside of that, I rewatched Napoleon Dynamite. I don't really have much new to report. Um, for some reason I found the, the, the cringy, squirmy, awkward humor, um, maybe a little less funny this time for some reason. I don't know why it's, there's still moments in the movie that are very funny. Uh, the timing is pretty spot on in a few places, but, uh, and when you think it's going to get a little creepy in a couple places, it just doesn't, it, it just turns away from that. Uh, and those are a couple of scenes where uncle Rico is concerned. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, what a 2003 movie, uh, 2004. And I'm looking at it. I got it on yeah. the page here. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people, and I, and I did a little reading on it, a lot of people 
we're trying to figure out, well, when is this movie supposed to be set? Is it actually set in the eighties? No, it's just set in a small town. That's a little behind the times. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's Idaho. Yeah. It's Southern Idaho. It's not even Northern. It Idaho. felt a lot like the little town I grew up in. Yeah. Where you, you just make do with what you have. You don't get the latest stuff necessarily. Yeah. You know, I don't remember any kids walking around in ski boots all the time, but I could totally see that happening, you know. Everybody's a little off. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... What? What? (laughs) Who's talking to you, Will? What is that? Is that me? I've got the phone ringing here. Oh, okay. It's just a spam oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we have a Roomba. I couldn't make it out what it was saying. See, I thought uh, I thought one of you Washington, guys. Washington, D.C. Have a Potential spam call, Washington, D.C. Uh, mm. I thought I thought one of you guys had a Roomba because we have one of those damn things, and uh, it. Fre- no, that's what. You know, those things are going to turn into Daleks. Daleks from absolutely, Doctor Who. Absolutely, absolutely. Clearly, the first generation. Yeah, the thing <laughs> starts going alien off. on them. It's all over. Yeah, a, a, a plunger and a in a in a wire whisk. <laughs> that thing's ready for murder. Uh, yeah, it starts going off about its battery. It is. Yeah, three in the morning. It starts going. Roomba needs you to charge the battery. And it's like this robot woman voice. And it's like Roomba hungry. Yeah. Roomba need to eat. Yeah. Oh, I'm so hungry. You, it's as bad as the dogs. You make Roomba sad. Roomba angry yeah. now. Uh, anyway, that's all my <laughs> research. Just step away from exterminate. Exterminate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You start hearing that at night, you know, it's over. Yeah, if I was a programmer, I would make it Just, say that. I mean, and if you live in a house with no stairs, how are you going to get away from them? <clears throat> yeah, bottom line. Of course, I've seen what it gets stuck on, so I'm really not terribly worried. Yeah, there's one here, and you turn it on, and within like minutes, it's screaming that it's trapped itself somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it can't... and it makes that high pitched Chawa scream. <laughs> so, uh, Will, do you want to tell the listeners what you've been through and uh, and uh, kind of? Uh, yeah, help... I got a new kidney. <laughs> I needed a kidney and uh, five thousand dollars, and uh, someone's waking up in a bathtub full of ice, and I got a new kidney. I thought, make the urban legend work for you, not against you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you don't have to be the teen in the car. You could be the psychopath with the hook. That's what I'm saying. Ah, uh, that's <laughs> uh, yes, good advice. Uh, yeah. So are, uh, have you taken on the dreams of the previous owner? No, but the bastard does not sleep. He's a real night owl. Oh, man. So about 10 o'clock at night rolls around and I feel like I had a pot of coffee. Yeah. So it's, it's frustrating because <laughs> I was a night owl maybe, you know, 25 years ago. Um, 
after college, I became a vampire for about a year where I worked at night and slept in the day. Um, uh, but eventually, you know, I had to get real jobs that required you to get up early. So I became a morning person and, and I do not like, you know, uh, being up all night anymore and, uh, then spending the day kind of, I don't know, not achieving very much, but anyway, I got a kidney, no dreams yet. Um, thankfully was waiting for that. So, uh, what's the adjustment been like? Um, it hasn't been, uh, feels kind of deferred if anything, because unfortunately I caught COVID right after, uh, I got out of the hospital for my transplant. Um, not an ideal time. No, I don't suppose it is ever, but, uh, I'm on a bunch of immunosuppressants. So fighting off COVID is not the easiest thing. They did give me an infusion, uh, seemed to help. So you, so you've got the antibodies now and, uh, you're supposed to be bouncing back, uh, over the course of however long it takes, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, we don't know going on, isn't there? A bit. So does this give you even more appreciation for Cronenberg body horror kind of films? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need to watch some Cronenberg. I mean, it seems very fitting. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, they pulled the um, Lucy with the football move on you several times uh, over the past. What, uh, two? Yeah. This was my yeah, about the last 18 months, this was the sixth time. So about every three months, they'd call me up and say, hey, we want a kidney for you. No, we don't. A um, little bit disappointing. So this time around, I did not, you know, I, I had said a couple times ago, like, if uh, I'm not going to believe it until they're wheeling me out to be discharged. Uh, it took all day for me discharged. Man, that was a boring day. Uh, not feeling great, but they would come in every hour and say, we're discharging you, and then disappear for an hour. Uh, Do you think, yeah. Was that a staffing issue? They did seem a little uh, uh, overwhelmed. Um, I guess they... Since uh, COVID, they had kind of slowed down on transplants. They couldn't stop them completely because there'd be a lot of organs not used. Um, but I guess since COVID is, quote, over, uh, it's, uh, they've been doing a lot more transplants. So I think they had four of them, including me, on the Saturday morning I was there. And they were supposed to have... I don't know, four to the next day or the following Monday or something, um, which is a lot of operations because they're all, mine was three and a half hours long. Um, I imagine the liver take longer. They had a double lung transplant. That was a 
sure that's even longer. Kidney sounds pretty easy. Yeah, I guess it's... Not that I'd want to try, but... Yeah, it kind of sounds like uh, they they just they stuff it in you and, and they don't take they don't take one of your old ones out either, do they? They just kind of make room in your abdomen and go No. Okay, connect connect these Yeah, basically kind of um front lower abdomen uh your above your appendix. Yeah. They just stuff it in there. And so you uh, have about 14 staples. It's a pretty, pretty big uh, incision. I thought it would hurt a lot more than it did. Uh, it wasn't super pleasant the first couple days, uh, but I found that the bed was more uncomfortable than anything. Just terrible hospital beds. Um, I think all that stuff's designed by people who never actually sit in the bed or the chair, what have you. Damn. Anyway, so wanting a transplant movie and being too lazy to find a proper one, I picked Bruce Campbell's The Man with the Screaming Brain. I have a fact about this movie. This movie bombed so bad, Bruce Campbell bought up the tapes and used the insulation in his house. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I propose from now on we call movies of this caliber insulation. I like it. Uh, this movie wasn't awful. It's not the worst thing I've seen this week. Um, it knows it's bad. Can't think of the... It knows it's bad, but at the same time doesn't really do anything with it yeah um it almost uses it just as an excuse yeah it need the you know the wackiness of a sam raimi or something to do something with it it was just too run-of-the-mill I feel sad that Bruce Campbell spent almost 20 years to get this thing made. Yeah. It, it, it almost, it almost seemed like we already had the man with two brains and, uh, Steve Martin was probably funny enough in it. I haven't seen it since a hundred years ago, but, uh, it's like, this one doesn't seem like we necessarily needed another one of these. And for it to know, I feel like I tried to rewatch Man with Two Brains at some point, and it was awful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know for sure that this wasn't good. <laughs> well, this one's exactly ninety minutes long. So well, it did that. I take it back. Then it's a- <laughs> it's the best movie. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you picked it. We all watched it. Jolien, what did you think? Yeah, I, I, I've actually saw it, uh, when Bruce Campbell was doing his book tour and, uh, he came by the, uh, I thought the mine, you had. and, uh, so they showed this and, uh, but, uh, you know, I was, I was at the front of the line for, uh, meeting Bruce. And, um, so that was, that was fun. Uh, the, the movie I just kind of uh, snuck out of at the end because I didn't want to have to tell him what I thought of it. 
<laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember a thing about it. So I had to watch it again yesterday. You know, you just reminded me of uh, <clears throat> the time we went and saw our manager, our general manager from the art supply store in a stage play of Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead. Yes. I remember you being very thankful that uh, that we weren't able to mingle at the end of it and had to get out of the lobby and <laughs> jump in the car and leave. Yes. <laughs> that was that was entertaining. Um, yeah, this, this movie is not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you think that I... he, he, he got this thing made after 19 years of struggle. I mean, you think of like... Well, those directors like Orson Welles struggling to make these their dream movies for ages and ages, never making it. But this is the one that came out. Yeah. So, oh. um, it was written and directed by Bruce Campbell. Um, he had story uh, story by credits alongside David Goodman and Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. who uh, used a pseudonym apparently. Yes, um, <clears throat> the, they have this pseudonym between them called uh, Rocky something. Yeah, Sandstorm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, what do you think with? Okay, this was released in '05 and had a three million dollar budget. What do you think went wrong? Well, did it have a three million dollar budget? It was announced as eight million at one point. Oh, because they started out. They were going to make it for, it was like uh, 80,000 or something when they first thought of it. But then uh, at one stage, they uh, they got uh, adverts in the trade magazines and they, they said it was like several million dollars. Um, so I don't know what the actual uh, cost of it was. Yeah, maybe you know, they, 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 they were going to film it in like Los Angeles. In Bulgaria. Yeah. So, it's, all, it's all shot on video and it's shot in Bulgaria and looks looks awful. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. <clears throat> it seems to me like uh, whatever it was they were aiming for, unless it was a shitty movie, uh, they missed. But well, they, they did a comic. <laughs> uh, the comic is better. Uh, it's got artwork by Hilary Barter. Uh, yeah, the posters by him. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it has this uh, EC Comics look, uh, which I think was the uh, intent for the movie, but uh, they didn't have the budget for it. Um, so uh, the comics uh, comics much better. Yeah, Creepshow kind of nailed that, and uh, maybe that's what he was picturing. Was maybe it look and feel more like Creepshow? Yeah, lots of color filters and um, stylization and uh, like proper mad scientist laboratory and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, It was definitely missing. Didn't didn't get any of that on the film. No. (laughs) No. It was missing Clint Howard, too. Uh, (laughs) I laughed exactly once. When he asks one of the cab drivers if he speaks English, and the guy answers no, and I wouldn't want to. Mm. I don't know why that struck me as funny, <laughs> but that was within the opening, you know, maybe 10 minutes, and it was all yes. downhill from there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah that, that first third of it goes on forever. They don't get the story started for half an hour or so. Yeah. We get it. He's a bad guy. Yeah. We, we could have gotten from A to B on that part of it pretty, pretty quickly, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I was pretty sure it was going to end up with his wife being the third person in their brain with him and the cab driver. Oh. Which would make it more of a kind of Tales from the Crypt, uh, you know, awful ending where they're mm-hmm. all trapped together in the same body. Yes, that would be um, interesting. But it didn't go there. Yeah. It could have gone lots of different ways it didn't go. And I think about like Evil Dead 2. They made Evil Dead for next to nothing. They made Evil Dead 2 with a little bit of money. And uh, with a better idea and a better script and, and good execution, you know, for as, as much as it had more than the first movie, it, it was still a low-budget movie, and it worked. I'm, I'm going to say that's because they didn't spend 19 years on it. Yeah. That, yeah, if you... I think all of that is something you could totally overthink. If you had 19 years to make Evil Dead 2, it would be the worst thing you'd ever seen. Whereas, you know they cranked out Evil Dead as quickly as they could. Yeah. I wonder if, like, sometime in that 19 years, they'd wonder why it wasn't getting made, and they might have taken a look at the script. I thought, huh, maybe maybe this, the script is at fault, and people are turning it down because this is, you know, this is a bunch of rubbish they don't want to make. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, you would think. <clears throat> You'd think there'd at least be somebody they could ask who mm-hmm. reviewed the script and turned it down and be like, well, why is it not working for you? Like, Because there's no likable characters. Mm-hmm. There's uh, not a whole lot of comedy or horror. There's yeah. <laughs> or sci-fi. It's just all middle-of-the-road blandness. Yes. You, you know how... Uh, I liked his awful head wound i thought that was appropriate looking you know how a firing squad not everybody has live rounds um Mm -hmm. and so you you could have you know the maybe the peace of mind thinking maybe i didn't shoot the guy um but there'd be some anonymity to who did i kind of feel like maybe they should do that with scripts they should have like you know five or seven uh, people read it and then all submit their opinions anonymously. It'd be kind of like a firing squad, you know, like maybe I don't know quite how they select strips. I imagine they stand on top of a very tall staircase, the whole handful of them and throw them and whichever lands closest to the bottom step gets made. Well, (laughs) I mean, that only explains a lot of things. It only explains most movies that get made. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Marvel movies are extra slippery and they always slide to the bottom real quick. Yeah, that's it. They put it on a little heavier stock. Not enough you can feel it. It's also a little slicker, so it tends to go just a little bit further. They also attach a $100 bill to the front page. Right. This one looks good. 
Yeah. Um, this one didn't land any jokes, uh, or impress me with any new, you know, stunningly new ideas as far as like action or horror or comedy. And, you know, you just got this loathsome guy and his reluctant partner, girlfriend, wife, smizma or whatever, uh, this loathsome cab driver taking these people somewhere and uh it's all the usual you know bad jokes bad banter and uh and you're starting to wonder what exactly is the point here and then of course oh we're going to take a wrong you know we're going to take a different way and go through this bad area and then a bunch of tropes happen there and um nothing gets accomplished uh i found the uh the weird uh, Devo-esque robot person in the lab really kind of, kind of interesting that, that kind of, obviously it was a break dancer in a, in a sort of a robot suit. And then later they turned it into the woman. Uh, I, I was just like, why, why are you doing this to us? We Yeah. I didn't get that part either. That seemed like some, leftover scrap from a different movie yeah that they just shoved in there yeah it was weird um if you watch uh, evil dead movies and you think oh, i wish ted Raimi had a bigger part and yeah this is the film for you uh, yeah no we all remember hercules the <laughs> legendary adventures or journeys or whatever that was yeah he was in that a lot and often he? it was bad okay i've not seen any of those Oof. yeah he's he's only good in tiny doses uh dark man he was all right but he gets killed pretty quickly <laughs> uh yeah wasn't he henrietta in uh evil dead 2 yes yeah yeah, that was crazy what they did to him in that. Put that big fat suit on him and spun him around. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I seem to remember he got sick or injured or something from wearing that suit for too long. Something, some crazy crap happened to him. But uh, yeah, Ted Raimi, small doses. You don't make um, Clint Howard your headliner. I think we learned that from what, Ice Cream Man? Oof. Yeah. There's a, there's oh a, God! Yeah, there's I feel a, ill. Yeah, there's a lot of bad choices that have been made in movies, and uh, I gotta wonder, how do you bounce back from something like this? You know, when when it takes forever, you finally get it made, and it's this, and you're too close to it to see how bad it is, and it it's an outright failure. How do you come back? I mean, it, it, yeah, he was on tour with this thing. Yeah. You have to go from town to town showing this. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and if I were to look, if I were to look up his filmography, uh when we get to when this well here's here's how you bounce back. I guess I should uh <clears throat> I should You get a roll on burn notice. Well yeah, there's obviously that, but uh I'm by the time this came out, he was in Spider-Man, wasn't he? Yes, 07. Um, well, I was going to say, I don't really know for sure. So the, the, so the, the rainy Spider-Mans were the early noughts, weren't they? Yeah, I think Spider-Man came out the same year. 
Yeah, yeah. 2002 and then 2005. Okay, I see here on his, um, of course, this is Wikipedia, take it with a grain of salt. But 2004? Just be, yeah, just before this, in 2004, Spider-Man 2, where he played the snooty usher. And then two years after this, Spider-Man 3, he plays a maitre d'. And, and the first Spider-Man, he's the uh, ringmaster, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. Crusher, what's his name? Yeah. The, uh, the Bonesaw, ring. played by uh, Randy the Macho Man Savage. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bonesaw's ready. Yeah, so that was That's what? all I remember from that movie. Well, 2002. Okay, look look at what he was in in 2002. He was in Bubba Hotep and Spider-Man. Oh, right. And a couple other Did movies you? I hadn't heard of. But, uh, yeah, you look at that and it's like, that's a pretty good year. He was in three things we hadn't heard of and then uh, Spider-Man and Bubba Hotep. So, yeah, you can, you, you can follow, you can follow something like this up. Like, um, he was in some other stuff we hadn't heard of, but... He did some uh, voice stuff for Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They made a feature film, which probably wasn't good. Um, but Spider-Man 3, uh, he did voices which for... Which wasn't good. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Um, or maybe I No? Didn't. Maybe I did. I don't know. You miss Peter Parker, evil Peter Parker, dancing down the street in probably the greatest scene in a superhero movie ever <laughs> put to film? I'm pretty sure I have not seen that. Oh, you need to watch that then. Cause oh, I, I, I watched it. I, I really enjoyed it. It's like uh, you can tell where Sam Raimi leaves off and the executives come in. Oh, totally. Yeah. I yeah. kind of enjoy it until like the third act. And then the third act just felt like, you know, yeah, I kind let's of... punch each other and then wrap this up as quick as possible. <laughs> I kind of feel like the perfect executive is, uh, uh, you guys ever watch the kids in the hall? Yeah. Yeah. Though the one, the one guy in kids in the hall does this, this executive character and he's just so out of touch and detached, uh, and kind of has that Lauren Michaels voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I think he actually might be doing Lauren Michaels because Lauren Michaels produced kids in the hall. Uh, and it's just like, who I picture every time we talk about a movie getting just messed up by executives, getting their fingers, their fingerprints all over it. It's like, could mm. you put more villains in the, in the last Spider-Man? Yeah. What if it was oops, all villains? <laughs> <laughs> what if there was an Spider-Man oops, all villains. <laughs> right. I like it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's like the end of the latest Halloween movie where just all the villains are coming toward him, but then Spider-Man just hulks out and starts, uh, you know, killing all of them. Yeah. I think that would be just like ending. that. Yeah. Yeah. Hitting them with car doors so that they punch themselves. Yeah. Oh God. <sighs> I was, I was walking through a, uh, hardware store recently. Well, a big box hardware store. And I was noticing how disappointing this row of uh, my brother and I cut through the, uh, the appliance aisle, how disappointing modern refrigerators would be to Jackie Chan. 
<laughs> because <laughs> I forget if it was Rumble in the Bronx or what it was, but there's a movie where he's getting chased through a warehouse of appliances and he does these fantastic things where he whips open the, you know, the, the bottom door, gets them kind of doubled over and then hits them with the freezer door, the, you know, the over under doors. And then yeah. gets the bottom one open, kicks them inside, kicks the door shut. And it's like, that's so great. All these new fridges are all side by sides. Yeah. Yeah. No good for Jackie Chan. Now he figured out something. I was about. Yeah, I was going to say he figured out something. <laughs> I was about to say that <laughs> that would not stop him. <laughs> he just slide open that bottom freezer drawer and make you tumble into it. He'd find a way. Probably wrapped up in your own jacket. Yeah. And uh, and then he'd slam it closed. Yeah. Yeah. Stick a bunch of freezer bags down the pants so yeah. they jump yeah. around and then. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's not much that uh, slows him down, and nothing stops him. So yeah, um, we got a bunch of st- a bunch of stuff in in Bruce's uh, filmography that I haven't heard of. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, if I were to start naming these, tell me if you've heard of them, okay? So, okay. So starting just before this movie, um, now he was. He was in a couple things, uh, like, uh, okay, Intolerable Cruelty, um, Comic Book the Movie, uh, Community. I've heard of it. Okay. But I've not watched it. Um, a Community Speaks. Um, no. Sky High. The Woods. Sky High. I think that's the one with Kurt Russell as a superhero. Uh, let's see. Uh, you are correct. Um, no, I haven't seen it then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Woods. Uh, this is the Lucky McKee movie. It might be good. Who knows? It's a supernatural horror movie. Um, yeah, this might be worth a look. I want to say that I may have seen that. This is a kind of Suspiria sort of thing. Where it's a ghost school in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yes, okay. I've seen that as well. I don't remember Bruce Campbell from that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much of the movie at all, if any of no. it. But mm, I might be interested to creepy see Creepy girls school, you know, it's a subgenre of yeah. films I'll watch. So that's that's kind of a bunch of stuff surrounding this man with a screaming brain period of time. But, you know, it did include, like I said earlier, Spider-Man 2 and Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Ant Bully and, you know, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came out a couple years after some of this other stuff. So, you know, he doesn't have any excuse except maybe he just likes working. I mean, what else can we say about him? He likes he likes sticking his face out there and making, making, yeah. Us, yeah, making us look at him. <clears throat> and I don't mind that. I mean, there's, there's people, uh, there's people you don't want to see and he, you know, I don't mind seeing him, but make something better than this. That's, that's all I could ask for. Something better. I mean, significant. That, those are our show notes there, Mr. Campbell. Yeah. Make something better. Yeah. What? I, I don't care. Just something better. We like the 90-minute runtime, but we don't like any of the rest of it. 
Remember, you don't have to be the teen, you can be the hook. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, is there anything else, uh, anything else good we could say about this other than it's 90 minutes long? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I could insert crickets there when I go to edit this. <laughs> um, I, I, I uh, took up sporting how many times you see the same extras in different scenes oh oh nice tell us about that how many did you did you well that's all there is to say you know you can see the same people walking by and especially the hotel oh you didn't make like little tick marks hey there's blonde lady number two (laughs) there's mullet guy mullet guy with a tracksuit uh so uh yeah we got nothing else uh Really good to say about it. Um, anything else before we call it a show? Um, even though it looked like crap, I uh, I liked that it was set in Bulgaria. <laughs> That's yeah. the weakest compliment I could probably give it, but I think it would have been harder to watch if it had been set in L.A. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. At least we're so. at least we're kind of alongside him in a fish out of water situation. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. It was I, I've not seen a whole lot of Bulgarian movies, so <laughs> seen lots of films filmed in Bulgaria. Set there. Set yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot. Um I believe the Black Dahlia movie was filmed in Bulgaria, but it's supposed to be set in LA, so how interesting oh you know that reminds me of something i i wanted to ask you jolian uh and i should have made a note and i should have asked you this when we did bram stoker's dracula um when uh, jonathan harker is doing his voiceover part and he says budapest have you ever heard anybody say budapest when you were uh growing up in england budapest 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 where I come from, and then locals, it's more like Pest. Yeah, exactly. I've heard people say Budapest, but I've never heard anyone say Budapest. It was just, uh, I think... Budapest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I kind of feel like someone was playing a big joke on Keanu Reeves. Uh, the dialect coach had to be like, hey, <laughs> let's make him say something really stupid. <laughs> And uh, coach him to say stuff wrong. Like somebody taught, oh, I won't say taught, but um, my nephew, who is now an adult, when he was about four or five, there, uh, my, my younger sister had uh, uh, a neighbor woman a couple doors down who would watch the boys for a couple hours here and there. And uh, there was a knock on the door, like a pizza delivery or something. And all of a sudden, Matt said, quick, hide the weed. And... Uh, that's apparently something that this woman, Cindy, would say every time there was a, a, a knock on the door. Uh, she would just say that as a joke. And pretty soon my, yeah. ne- my nephew started saying it. So I kind of feel oh, like boy. it's kind of the same thing as, as, as teaching Keanu Reeves something wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm comparing Keanu Reeves to a four-year-old. 
<laughs> but quick, hide the weed. <laughs> so, yeah. And then they go to school and say shit like that. So parents beware. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. We had we had those I was I was my secondary school went to that uh some some the boys were selling pop and uh there was a raid on the school and the boys ran from classroom to classroom trying to convince people to stuff it up their chair legs. Oh, <laughs> Nice. Hide the weed. Hide the weed. <laughs> they got caught, didn't they? Oh yeah. Did they perp walk them out the front with the handcuffs? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, they, they got taken away anyway. I watched a kid get perp walked straight out of the front doors of the school. He was showing off this baggie of weed that he had. This was ninth grade, and mm. uh, he showed it off to the wrong group of kids because somebody somebody told. And the cops showed up at the school and arrested him and took him out the front doors in handcuffs. Uh, and, they'd probably be more discreet at this school because there's, there's so much going on there that they're always hashing up because it was like a respectable school. Mm, uh, yeah. So things people would disappear. Mm, yeah, they send them to a different school. Yeah. Just tidy that up. All right, well... They um, would disappear. It makes it sound like the Stasi ran your school or something. <laughs> well, there, there was like a, an annual charity uh, week where, where you did stupid stuff and to raise money. And uh, okay. they got pretty lenient with what you could do. And one of the things they that was a tradition was to kidnap a teacher, bundle them into a van, blindfold them. You couldn't do this today, right? No. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, Bundle them into a van, uh, take, you know, we didn't have cell phones back in that day, and uh, just drive them somewhere and dump them, and then they'd have to find their own way back home. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. But you'd sponsor them for how many miles they could take these poor teachers away. Yeah, minimum. Oh, man. Minimum 14 miles, right? Yeah. I mean, mean, uh, yeah, we, we managed to get one out to the coast. But uh, I never got them into a foreign country quite. You never got them on a barge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. See, that story is better than this movie. You could make a whole movie out of that. You you were talking bastards uh, in Scotland. One of the extras on the DVD, and I think it's on uh, YouTube, is Bruce Campbell talking about their adventures with getting the funding for this film. Way more interesting. Yeah. You know, having to deal with all these gangsters and stuff, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy process. I would say, I yeah, would, Will has come up with half a dozen better ideas, joking about bad movies we've watched. He's come up with mm-hmm. half a dozen better ideas than this movie. Oh yes, easily. Which brings me to a point where I like to ask: um, We've been <laughs> avoiding this long enough. Recommends, guys, go ahead, Jolian. Do you recommend this? No, but check out the comic and the uh, making of video. That's as kind as you could be about it, I'd say. Uh, Will? Highly recommend. Watch <laughs> it twice. You'll pick up so much more the second viewing. It's so confusing going in. Um, it's really well laid out. No, uh, avoid this movie. At all costs. I'm sorry, Bruce, but just, it's not good. Yeah, there, there's so much he's done that I enjoy. This ain't one of them. 
Um, so for next time, we're going to talk about Blade 2. So listeners, if you're not ready for Blade 2, get ready. Um, if you're Walking Dead fans, you'll recognize somebody in it. And, uh, you know, if, if you're not, you might anyway. Uh, and uh, I think that's about it. So let's call it a show. Um, listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the mowers. <laughs>